Welcome to the Three Questions Podcast, where we take questions from our church family and do our best to answer them from a biblical worldview. We all get to serve the Lord's Church here locally at Southern Hills Baptist Church. Doug Melton is our lead pastor. Randy Whittall is our pastor to missions and evangelism. My name is Daniel Snow, and I get to be pastor of young adults. And we've got three great questions today, guys. And so, Randy, I'm going to start off with you. All right. And the question is that was turned in is, how should we understand Jesus's statement uh, in Mark 11 and Matthew 21? At face value, it would seem like he is saying we can do or have anything as long as we believe it will happen. In other words, did Jesus tell us we can do or have anything as as long as we believe it? Great question. And uh, obviously, you know, it's a text that can be turned into the idea that God was just trying to give us some sort of like a spiritual checkbook for whatever whims or desires or whatever, you know, we had. Genie in a bottle. Exactly, exactly. And there are a lot of folks out there preaching a genie in a bottle gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh one because it's you know it, it it appeals to the that carnal part of who we are. But remember that in in this particular in both both of those verses, it follows up something Doug taught about a few month a few weeks ago actually about the uh, the, the the fig tree that that Jesus cursed, yeah. and then as they come by you know they see the tree is dried up, and uh, and in fact I think it's in the Matthew passage it even says as they saw it they marveled that the tree. Uh, was was dried up. And so then Jesus gives them this response. And both of the times it's it's coupled on this idea that says, believe or, or, or have faith in God without doubting. So mm-hmm. really this isn't a, it, it's not a lesson about what can we get out of our relationship with, with the Lord. It's a, it's a teaching time, I believe, where, where the Lord is teaching us Again, to recall that we serve a God who is so much bigger than the physical things we can see, touch, taste, and and hear. You know, he's reminding them that the fig tree, and then he looks over at what was most likely because of the location of where they were, they were in Jerusalem at, at at Mount of Olives. Right. And says, that mountain can be moved. Hmm. You know, there's no, there is no obstacle a physical obstacle to God's power and God's abilities. Uh, you, you may remember when, I believe it was when the, the, the paralytic was being lowered down yeah. and the Pharisees were giving Jesus a hard time and he looked at him and he said, which is easier, to forgive sins or to tell this man to rise up and walk? And so he just says, get up and walk, and the guy does it. Mm-hmm. You know, the obvious idea is we shouldn't be amazed that God can, that Jesus can curse a fig tree and it dries up, or that God could even say, take a mountain and move it from one place to the next. What's truly amazing is that the God that created fig trees and mountains and stars and universes cares enough to want to forgive me of, right. of my sins. And so, um, I don't believe in any way that that this is a teaching of prosperity. It, it, Jesus wasn't trying to say, if you want a new Mercedes Benz, all you got to do is pray and faith and don't doubt, and tomorrow morning it's going to be parked in your garage. What it is is it's a teaching about you serve a God who loves you so much that he would give his son for you. What wouldn't 
he give for us? What God, what God, what wouldn't God do for us? And and the whole idea is faith without doubting. And a little bit, and, and I'll close with this. Remember, Hebrews 11 defines faith for us as assurance and conviction. Mm. And I think what Jesus is trying to tell us to do, don't, don't live limited, powerless lives that are defined by the physical creation that surrounds us. We serve the God who created all these physical things that we see around us and who is limited by nothing. And that God chooses to allow us to be called his children. If we have that faith that doesn't doubt the the God that we serve. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. And, and there might even be those that would wonder, okay, what if it's not a Mercedes Benz, but it's, it's uh, something good that I am asking God for in someone's exactly. life yeah. or something like that. Yeah. If I believe it will happen, um, that, you know, whether it's a physical healing or it's a sure. spiritual help, sure. does that guarantee that it's going to happen? Absolutely not. And that's because of the qualification that's put in both of those verses. It says, asking in prayer and with faith in God. That also means I have to have an absolute faith that God, God is in control. And even if some things happen that aren't what I want to happen, I have that faith, that, that assurance and that conviction, that certainty that God's will is always the best regardless of whether I think it is or not. And that's the hard part is learning to subject my walk of faith to, to trust that God's will and God's, uh, his, his design is always going to be what, what's best. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And Douglas. I've got a question for you. Outstanding. Let's do this. Okay. The question is, this was turned in and it reads like this. A recent devotional I read said in part, and this is a quote, even now you have access to as much of me, capital M, referring to God. Even now you have as much access to me as you have faith to receive, end quote. It referenced Philippians 4.19 and 2 Corinthians 5.7. I would like for you to explain the part that reads, as, as you have faith to receive. So I guess the summary would be, with more faith, do we have more access to God? All right. Boy, that's that, what an excellent question. And boy, this is a reminder to us of how important it is that we do read the Word of God and that we always want to read uh, a passage. Uh, you know, sometimes we say to folks, uh, even if you can only read one verse, you know, read some of the Bible, even if it's only one verse. Well, really, in order to, to understand anything that we read, uh, you really need to read a, a passage and make sure that uh, that you're understanding what's there. And so this is a reminder to us of how important reading the Bible is. It's I'm so thankful for devotional guides, for daily devotions. They are very right. helpful. But always remember, anything you ever read in something besides the Bible, you always measure it against the Word of God. Mm -hmm. That is our standard for truth. And so uh, I, I would... Uh, 
without knowing this devotional guide, I would say that I wish I could read the whole devotional because that one statement is a bit troubling to me. It would it would almost it could lend itself to thinking that whenever you put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you only get a portion of him, or that whenever you put your faith in Christ, that when the Holy Spirit comes in, the Holy Spirit just comes in a little bit, and then as you grow closer to the Lord, you get more and more of Jesus and more and more of the Holy Spirit, that growing in faith means getting more of God, and and, and that's simply not what the Scripture would teach us. Paul would talk about in Ephesians that in Christ we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Mm. The Holy Spirit comes in full and complete. Christ comes in full and complete. And so absolutely there is an aspect to growing in faith. But as I grow in faith, as you and I grow in faith, really what's happening is more and more of the old man is dying so that the full Christ and the full Holy Spirit that is in us is now being seen more and more. And that's what Paul meant by quench not the Spirit. Die. The more I die to me, the more people are able to see Christ in me. And so in the, in the two verses that this devotional cites, it uses... Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And then in this devotional, it seemed to add in 2 Corinthians 5.7, for the, we walk by faith, not by sight. And if you were to combine those, if you were to take this one out of Philippians and this one out of 2 Corinthians and tack them together, then it's like, my God will supply all your needs but you have to, it's by faith and not by sight. And in 2 Corinthians, he's talking about, boy, we'd rather be away from the body and home with the Lord. For right now in this body, we walk by faith. Mm-hmm. We, we believe in Jesus with eyes of faith right now. Someday, the scripture says, and I think it's in 1 John 3, we will see him face to face. Our faith right, will be sight. Our faith mm-hmm. will be sight. Perfect. And, and so that's what that passage is referring to. In Philippians 4, Paul has been talking about how God has supplied all of my needs. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, and so then when it says, and he shall supply all your needs, it's not according to my faith. That very verse says it's according to his riches mm-hmm. in glory. He says the same thing in Ephesians 3 where he says, For this reason I bow before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, that he would strengthen you with power, Mm -hmm. not according to my faith. The man who says in Mark chapter, uh, Mark's gospel, where the man says, uh, I do believe. Lord, I believe. Help my my unbelief. What he's saying is, Lord, I believe. The fullness of Christ was right there before him. But Lord, help that aspect of me that is holding back. Yeah. Help that aspect of me that I need to die to that, my unbelief. That's one of my favorite honest prayers in the Bible. I mean, there's ton, tons of honest prayers, but I, that is just so honest. And Jesus honors the way that he approached. He said, I believe, but I'm still struggling. Please help my unbelief. That's good. 
That's good. Awesome. Okay. Well, and then I've got a question, and it is, is baptism required for salvation? And that's a yes or no question, so I'm going to just say no, and we're good. So, okay, no, I'll go a little further. But that it's a great question. It's a, it's a good, good question. We know that baptism is important because Jesus talked about it. Jesus himself was baptized as an example. And then he said as he was about to ascend to his disciples and, and through them to us, he said, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And, and so as he gave that commission, he was, he was saying, as people become disciples of me, as people put their faith in me to forgive their sins and be their master, I, as their master, as their king, am calling them to be baptized. And, and so we know baptism is important. We are Southern Hills Baptist Church. It's in our name. We think baptism is important. And so some people would think, well, it's ironic then that you might say that it's not required for salvation. It's actually in the name of your denomination. But here's why we would say that. Uh, we see things like uh, Acts 8, where Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, uh, are, um, he's, he's able to share the gospel, and the Ethiopian official receives Christ and says, here's, here's some water, can I be baptized? And Philip says, absolutely. Like We see this very important tie between, uh, between conversion or, or the act of, of faith and, and baptism. We see that over and over. But in places like Ephesians 2 and many others, but this is just a real clear one to point to, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 tells us, By grace you have been saved through faith, and that's not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast or brag. Okay, so so right there we see that that if any of us is going to be saved, redeemed, forgiven, it is going to be a gift. And, and if anything is a true gift, it cannot be earned. Um, whether it's Christmas, birthday, whatever, it's, if it's genuinely a gift, it cannot be earned or paid back. And, and that's the word that we see over and over for the gift of salvation. It's a gift. And right there in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, he says, it's not of works. And, and we would say, and I, and I think this is accurate, baptism would be a work. It's a good work. It's a fact it's a great work of obedience. We should do baptism um, as, along with everything else that Jesus commanded us. But it's not what saves us. It's, it is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Um, like all that he accomplished he finished. Mm -hmm, that's right. And if we are saying that we add something to that, whether it is love of neighbor or whether it's church attendance or whether it is baptism, we are saying that there's something incomplete about what Jesus did and I need to complete it. And that just can't be that through scripture. We see that that is not the case. Uh, and for me, the most clear thing of this story of this in scripture is the thief on the cross where 
you know, you got these two guys being crucified next to Jesus. Both of them are actual criminals, have done crimes. Jesus is innocent. One of them completely mocks Jesus um, and says, you know, why don't you get us all off these crosses? And the other one actually turns to Jesus in faith while he's being crucified next to Jesus. And, and what does Jesus say to that guy? He says, today you will be with me in paradise. We know that guy was genuinely saved mm -hmm. because Jesus said so. So we know he was. And then that raises the question, was he ever baptized? That's impossible. He couldn't have been. He was, he was dying and he died on that cross. So he was never baptized. And yet we know he was genuinely saved. And so, right. so those are reasons we would say that, that baptism is incredibly important. In fact, often coupled with in Scripture with conversion, um, that it's it's a very important first step of obedience, but it is not what saves us. Absolutely, and Daniel, I, that was so well said. And what what I try to say to folks is, it is not essential for salvation, but it is essential for obedience. Absolutely, That's right. absolutely, right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and 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 with that, what's awesome about verse ten of Ephesians two is so right after it says we're not saved by good works in verses eight and nine, verse ten says that we are saved for good works. Right. That that there is a place for good works in the Christian life. It's not for our saving, but it is for our just are just natural response of love and thanks to God. I do think, uh, completely agree. I think you've been been really clear with it, and Scripture's really clear that, mm. that salvation is by grace, through faith, in Christ alone. Yet the Bible does so connect faith with baptism, that, that, that symbolic, that, that uh, uh, first act of obedience following putting your faith in Christ should be baptism. And so while I completely agree there's no connection between baptism as a requirement for salvation, I do think that there's a good reason for somebody who doesn't want to be baptized to examine their faith. I agree. Because I believe if you believe, if you are hoping or trusting the Lord for your salvation, as Doug said a while ago, Part of that is letting go of self, my own desires, prejudices, um, even even some of my own maybe false beliefs about baptism or church membership or whatever, and and put and subjecting those to the Christ that I'm following. Yeah. And so uh, I do believe if you are if you consider yourself a believer but you've never been baptized and you feel no compulsion to be baptized or even have been fighting it, I think there's very good reason for you to begin to re-examine your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because part of that faith relationship is making him the sovereign of your life. And if he says, be baptized, then that's something that's not an option. That's something we are to do as a follower. That's good. He's the king. He if is. he said everyone who follows him should stand on their head for five minutes. That's what we do. That's what we do. I'm glad he didn't say that, <laughs> but he's the king. That's um, right. And he talked about baptism. Okay, good job. Um, thanks for the conversation, guys.
Uh, Jeremy, thanks so much for producing the podcast. For you, the listener, thank you for checking out this this three questions podcast and thanks for turning in questions it really means a lot and hopefully this is a helpful thing and remember you can always turn those in in three ways you can you can go to the website myshbc.com slash contact you could text 505-258-2076 or you can email me daniel s at myshbc.com all questions will be kept anonymous and just remember, the God of the Bible is never surprised or offended by our honest questions.